Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of The Shrieking Shack. We are lapsed Harry Potter fans who are rereading this book series, and I'm going to say it again. We're looking to see if there's any magic left in those pages. I'm ZC. And I'm Liz. And ZC, happy International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day to you too, Liz. We are recording on March 8th, and as I do every morning i logged into pottermore <laughs> and and right there on the front page we've got an article the inspirational women of the harry potter stories i can't wait um and the subheader on this one is these witches are our queens <laughs> and these are the lessons we learned from them so i figured we could uh go over this real quick before we get into our our chapters yeah. Um, and that's a little because, tough because we haven't met these characters yet. We haven't met these characters, but we have, I guess this is a good primer on some of our, uh, general thoughts on the series that we have, you know, that we have right now without rereading. For sure. Because I'm going to be matching up what I remember of these characters and, and see kind of what's going on here. Yeah. I think the first one is fine. You don't have to dumb yourself down, Hermione Granger. I don't know if that's supposed to be a quote. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna guess not. Or, or is it like a pep talk for Hermione Granger? Yeah, I, I think that's probably more like it. Like, hey, I, Hermione. Yeah, and actually, a little preview, we are about to meet Hermione that's uh, true. in our chapters. Um, not really getting into much of this. <laughs> It does, so anywhere in the article does it address the famous scene uh where draco and harry are arguing and uh draco says if she breathes she's a thought and harry says <laughs> all witches are queens draco does that is that addressed in there you know no <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not uh seeing that or really the the punch <laughs> the infamous punch oh right that yeah. does happen in the books uh yeah. instead it's her um, intelligence and outright love of learning, which wins over a rare smile from Professor McGonagall. Ooh, ooh. yeah, so, smile, sweetie. Yeah, I, I don't have I don't have much for this one. Um, we talk about Ginny a lot. Yes, we do. I I am so ready to read these books again and have Ginny have a character. Right. See, so so some behind the scenes uh, uh, info here. Last night we were doing some research and we stumbled upon a uh, a Ginny and Harry shipping subreddit, and uh, I don't think we read the same books as them. Yeah, I mean the subreddit is great. Oh, it's I fantastic! It. Yes, um, it it is amazing. All and power more to power them. to them for sure. I just I just don't remember Ginny. I don't at all. I I she. So, so she does appear briefly uh, in the stuff we read, but then she kind of, as far as I remember, disappears until she's kidnapped in the second book, then disappears for two books, and then she plays Quidditch. Like, that's, that's what I remember. Apparently she says, anything's possible if you've got enough nerve, according to this article. Oh, shit. Damn. I don't know when that would have been, but uh, I'm ready for it. I will be looking that's, out. That's on her YouTube channel. Yeah, that's that's from her vlog for sure. Her her vlog from um, seventh year when the Death Eaters were in control of Hogwarts. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
our next entry is Luna, which is very, and I love Luna. We love Luna. For sure. We love Luna. <laughs> this whole thing is just be yourself, but it just describes people being really mean to her. Like, I mean, is true, but also like it just reveals like I don't know the tragedy of of her character arc, and like I get that that's part of the point, but also uh, Luna deserved so much better in these books. Like, she's the best character. Like, like if you if you, if you ask me like what my most positive memories for, from Harry Potter are, it is overall I remember Prisoner of Azkaban being the best book, and two. I just really love Luna Lovegood. Like she's just a great character, uh, sure. and until <clears throat> excuse me, until that dreaded epilogue we all know and love, uh, I was rooting for her and Harry. Yeah, yeah, I I think a lot of people agree with that, and and honestly. I, I feel like the Luna storyline kind of goes off the rails in book seven, although I couldn't tell you why. So so we'll see. Because her dad runs the Quibbler, right? That's the big... Yeah, and he... And it turns out they're like big resistance type. And like that's where that goes. Something. Like that's all I remember. Something happens with them. Yeah. Um, I much more just remember really charming stuff like her appearing with the weird glasses and... Yeah, and she has, like, a really great moment with Harry, although now I'm really questioning, like, character moments that were from the books versus the movies. Oh, God. We're, we'll, we have a few of those in the chapters we read. We uh, sure do. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that I, I like, must have, like, transplanted from the movies onto the my memories of the books, because... Yeah, for sure. Our next uh, person, woman, in this article is uh, McGonagall. Hell yeah. She's a teacher. She is. Um, she turns into a cat. She turns into a cat, which is great. And she is a transfiguration professor. That's good. And that's, uh, and we learn, I mean, that's better than like, I mean, look, that's, that's a much more honorable profession than like some of the, like, it's International Women's Day. We're all uh, idiots on Twitter, and we are definitely seeing all those wonderful, like, uh, she was a drone bomber who destroyed 50 hospitals. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. so, McGonagall, good on you. You're, you know, a teacher. That's that's way better. Yeah. And I, I mean, in this, this description, it's like, she was a very good teacher, and she cared about it a lot. Great. That's good. Cool. Uh, I, this is probably the wrong day for me to bring up the, the first few times I read Harry Potter. I thought that McGonagall was, because uh, I, I don't remember, I guess we'll find out. I don't remember if there's anywhere in the first book that explicitly, like, gives her an age. But because of her, like, description in the, uh, like, the prologue scene, I always thought McGonagall was, like, young and hot. <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why. I think it's just like there is a lack of description. So I just sort of assume like, oh, okay, like, like, hot stereotypical teacher, I guess. Until and then the movies <laughs> came out. And I, I will be bringing rules, this up. By the way. I'm going to be bringing this up when we first meet McGonagall, which I think is going to be next episode. <laughs> well, we already met her. Oh. And, well, see, see, that's the thing in that scene. It never, and then like that's like what eleven years prior to the actual story, I guess. So that's maybe, true. yeah, when when she was young and hot. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
no. I was bringing this up when we meet her through Harry's eyes. Yeah. You're going to be bringing this up forever, I think. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, our, our next um, character is another character that deserved better, and it's Tonks. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, okay. Speak- <laughs> yeah. It was certainly hot. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, okay, you cannot, you cannot put a cool, like, goth changeling in your books and then have them die off screen. Like, I'm sorry. Was That's she goth so in the books? Uh, yeah, well, it always describes her as having, like, like bangs and, like, a like multicolored hair and stuff. I mean, she's, like, movie goth, you know, where they're... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see but, that. Yeah, so, uh, happy International Women's Day to this character who was fridged off screen. <sighs> yeah, but she was the life and the soul of the party. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. All those parties that happened in books six and seven. Yeah. Well, there's there's um, Fleur's wedding. Oh, that's right. That's a party. Um, and look at that. Fleur is next hey. on the list. Yeah. Can we talk about Fleur and and because who does she marry again? Uh, Bill Weasley. Bill Weasley and uh, Bill Weasley is definitely out of Hogwarts in book one, right? Mm, yep. And Fleur is definitely still in school in book four, right? Mm, yes. And I think that at maximum, <laughs> she's 17. So is Bill Weasley dating a high schooler? Is... I don't remember when they start dating. I will say that. Okay. <laughs> That's all is I this... don't know. <laughs> you know, Ron never really mentions that his his brother is like a big scumbag guy. I... <sighs> Well, I guess it's Charlie that comes to the school for the Triwizard Tournament, and I don't remember if Bill does. Oh, oh, I hope right. That's not when they met. Oh no. Well, I guess she's a Vila, so maybe, maybe she's um. She could be eighteen because she she could be like, you know, later birthday. She could be eighteen in book four. I don't want to. I, I okay. Let me put it this way. I hope that that uh she's like that age in the books because i'm i'm suddenly having this like crashing realization of how horrifying any of the descriptions of like the vila effects are if she's not you know she's only half vila um yeah but But she's all hot that's i mean so i'm reading this like i'm skimming this this article and it seems to come down to her being super beautiful and but she stays with Bill even though he's horribly scarred. Oh, how nice. Isn't it? Yeah, that's uh that's deep. Yeah. Um that... Yeah. Great. So great. Thank you. That's and and <laughs> and that's feminism. That yeah, that's that is feminism. Um <laughs> and the next and the next and the last entry on our list is a character we're gonna meet today, which is Molly Weasley. And Hell this yes. whole thing seems to be saying it's it like starts, and this is the first line. Molly wasn't just a maternal all-cooking, all-cleaning housewife. <laughs> <laughs> um that's that's not enough um but the thing that makes her you know a a great character is the line not my daughter you bitch 
Fuck yes. I knew that was coming. I that's uh, every time, every time I think about Molly Weasley, I think about the time that she called Bellatrix, Bellatrix Lestrange a bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, her her big moment. Her her big moment where uh, you know, you know, fuck all that stuff where she was like a good mom and helpful and supportive. Uh, it's really the part where she says a cuss word <laughs> that makes her really important in the story. Yeah. So, so those are our um, Harry Potter women. Yeah. Thank I, you. I think Potter this more. is a nice little write-up, I'll say. It's, it's a cute idea, for sure. It's a cute idea. I like it. Um, I just, I'm, I'm so ready for these characters, except, you know, to to be this, you know? Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm I, I feel like the the way, especially with like Ginny, I am ready to be proven wrong. Yeah. That's that's kind of my my general feeling on like these characters who, as far as I remember, don't really appear or do much. Like other than Molly, who is like great. I remember Molly being in the books a lot and being great. Uh but I don't like I don't remember luna getting to do much i certainly don't remember Ginny getting to do much tonks gets to die uh with her werewolf boyfriend uh off screen yep. I, I don't know or gets like... to stay married to bill when he's horribly scarred oh, so brave very brave very very brave and i'm sure we'll have uh, a lot to say about hermione just in general i mean she is a main character so i i respect <laughs> oh right right yes sorry i'm forgetting also hermione. <laughs> also hermione granger the main character or one of the main characters uh so i guess with that do you want to take us away into our actual reading i do i do so we read two chapters um which is less than last time because we mm-hmm. got all the drizzly stuff out of the way which was the first Four. Yes. So yeah. now we're on chapter five and six, and chapter five is the Diagon Alley chapter, mm-hmm. and chapter six is the Platform Nine and Three Quarters train ride chapter. Yes. Um, chapter five is world building. Ahoy! It's yeah. It's a lot of uh, world building and exposition, and uh, it's all really good for the most part except that this is at least from like what i'm remembering of the books this is a whole lot of checks being written that are not able to be cashed when the story gets more serious you know what i mean that makes sense to me yeah yeah like i mean we'll get to gringotts needs its own um we, we need to talk about gringotts like as a separate thing but like there's just stuff like uh everything is in london like it's this big hub you know the there's the leaky cauldron that all the wizards know diagonally is there mm-hmm. gringotts is there but like apparently wizards are still confused by uh hamburgers and parking meters and like yeah money Muggle money yep which by the way i i will say uh it looks like we were wrong on the muggle thing because it is being used a lot more in these chapters as just like a shorthand for a person who doesn't do any magic at all um so i was like i was reading that when like haggard was talking about it going like oh okay like maybe maybe it is uh was always this um yeah i was a little pleasantly surprised by that yeah 
Um, but yeah, it's it's stuff like it, it's super like all the scenes were like Hagrid, like there's the line where it talks about Hagrid pointing at perfectly ordinary things like parking meters and saying, "Look at the things you know these Muggles dream of," and it's like these are great little moments like for one book. But then it's like, okay, but all the wizards live in London and they don't know this stuff. And the the separation between the wizarding world and the muggle world is like this really cute, like fish out of water thing for Harry to be in. But the longer this series goes on and the more like real world politics and like a world threatening dark lord start appearing it, it just like makes this whole separation seem very very weird to me did did you get that like vibe at all i guess from the from the stuff we saw yeah it was it was odd seeing hagrid navigate muggle london for sure um and he he says a lot about it i guess he has kind of odd commentary about it as they right. go through it um i i something that stood out to me is um a little bit earlier like before they go to london they're kind of on their way there and harry asks hagrid what the ministry of magic is for yeah he says their main job is to keep it from the muggles that there's still witches and wizards up and down the country yeah <laughs> and and i want to read their main job yeah that's the that's their number one job like that just uh, like that's cute i guess but like the more you think about it the weirder that is especially with this line which was like my number like just like red highlighter biggest thing for me uh blimey harry everyone will be wanting magic solutions to their problems we're best left alone like <laughs> yeah yeah we would like also it's very funny to me that he says that to the boy who just had all his problems solved with a magical solution <laughs> yes totally yeah yeah this boy who's like on his way to the bank to get his like untold riches like oh magic. yeah that just happened to me yeah like 10 minutes ago i woke up and it turns out that uh i'm a wizard and i it's it solved all of my problems <laughs> like, it's like everyone's gonna be wanting that Ah, everyone's just you know these muggles they've got poverty and war and and strife and they just want some they just want someone to come and fix it and no way no way (laughs) not our job i i Uh, feel like this is so weird to me because i i the whole like the ministry's main job is to stop people muggles from knowing about wizards because all they want is magical solutions and I and I feel like there are so many other ways to justify keeping muggles and wizards separate. And it kind of reminds me of, and I'm sorry for this, but it reminds me of Vampire the Masquerade because it oh, acts hell as yeah. if um, <laughs> as if the Ministry of Magic is the Camarilla. And for those that don't know, the Camarilla is like the kind of loose organization of vampires that want that kind of uh make sure that vampires don't reveal themselves to non-magical people and the justification for that was always because there are so many humans and they will wipe us out right and and it would like cause chaos for like both societies yeah and there there is a faction of like vampires that are like no we we're like a superior species we're going to reveal ourselves to 
to humans. We don't care. And they're like the evil guys. See, I have firsthand experience with this because I uh, accidentally walked in on a Vampire the Masquerade <laughs> uh, meeting in college once when I, I was walking. I think everyone has. I think I this was is walking, a universal experience. <laughs> I was walking to the police station on campus to get peanut butter sandwiches because that's what you do. Yeah. Um, and... I walked through the library building because it was cold and there was just a huge vampire summit ha happening in, in this, in this room. Not doing a very good job. And they were all out. They all looked at me like I was a fucking idiot. And you know what? I, <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess I was like in that context, like, like yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's it's one of these things where it, like I read this and I'm like oh this is really charming this is really cute uh, these are good jokes um, but also I know that a big World War II metaphor is like coming down the pipe you know oh, <laughs> and like that's <laughs> and like it's just not gonna work eventually um, I mean this is something where it could have been that there are too many muggles but it is explicit that like wizards and witches had no problem with the Salem witch trials this wasn't a problem like that's like a jokey throwaway line later on yeah where it's like oh they just they just cast a like you know anti-fire spell on themselves and we're fine and then apparated away yeah and that they gets are not threatened by muggles yeah i mean they could like wizards have like the ultimate gun you know like they have they have the gun where you just look at someone and say words and they die like it wouldn't i, I don't feel like it would be I, I don't feel like like that explanation would work really like and especially because I, this was so, also clearly written before i think at least before jk had any concept of like wizards existing outside of britain you know, because like oh, yeah. Hagrid says, there's only one bank. It's like you have to go to London to use the one bank. Like you maybe can't just like. Maybe it's just Gringotts, and there are different branches. Oh, there's like brand, like yeah, Gringotts. Uh... Do, you think, do you think Gringotts does like currency exchange? Like, do you think you can? Um, is there is there a Muggle money to uh, wizard money exchange? Right, because normal like wizards who are like Muggle born or like like they have to have normal jobs too right like like what like this is the thing where if not in london like just like normal city of london mm -hmm. do all wizards live in like diagon alley and then like weird houses out in the middle of nowhere like the borough and the the we the um the the malfoy mansion or like the the level of interaction that they actually have with like normal muggle society is never really explained but we're also told that they have to be kept very very separate and so like i just don't y you know what i mean like i don't i don't understand it like, seems like there aren't very many of them because i was thinking about this when they were in the leaky cauldron because i was like does ever does do all the wizards and witches that are going into diagon alley have to walk through the leaky cauldron that seems like a really good business yeah you, you get to run the bar that everyone has to walk through yeah how did hermione who took hermione to diagon alley i don't think that is ever addressed 
I mean, these are these are really dumb nitpicky questions, but this is the kind of thing that's where it's like all of this stuff would totally work fine in a like if if these books stayed as like storybooky and kind of like fairy taleish as the Dursley chapters were, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like if it if it stayed that sort of like soft satirical level of um like world building or whatever like that that totally works but like again i know that a big a big clumsy world war ii metaphor is just a few books away and i'm like this is not this isn't this isn't gonna hold water you know like like this yeah this is just gonna get super weird uh we're we're gonna have a, a comic relief subplot about slavery in three books uh-huh. you know like yeah like, <laughs> can't, is... <laughs> can't wait for that um but yeah i don't know so like that was kind of my my reaction to like all the pre-diagonally stuff where it's like it's it's cute i i enjoy it for what it is and then i'm dreading having to continue building on what it lays down you know yeah for sure i because i all this stuff really worked for me here um it was like a lot of just like name dropping magical stuff like vampires and hags and um little books the size of postage stamps and that's just all like very fun and whimsical and i'm pretty sure that's only gonna last for about two books right <laughs> well and like there, we got like entire shopping lists and stuff this is a very um uh this is like a, a super dense exposition heavy thing like and i sound more down on it than i actually am like i did really enjoy reading this it's more that i'm like like i see what's over the horizon here yes i i think that's gonna be a common theme i will say that i think you know i don't i don't want to spend this whole whole time like being like oh well in the movies this happened it's yeah but i will say that i I liked Haggard a lot be- better in these chapters, and he also came across to me as like a much more ambiguous character than I remember. Right. I don't. I like not in a way that I think he's bad, but I I liked all the lines where he was talking about Dumbledore, and it's just a little suspicious. Like I just. Yeah, totally. It's I f- I get a much, and this could just be like my perspective reading and like my taste in fiction and stuff now being like projected onto here but um for one also i I will say that after the dursley chapters haggard gets a maybe i'm just getting used to it but haggard seems a lot less like uh badly written as like a sort of man child character now like he he gets a lot more agency i guess um uh i'm like i i'm probably getting like stockholm syndrome like i'm used to reading the like accented like dialogue now but it it didn't seem quite as bad moving forward um the uh the stuff with him and like dumbledore his like hero worship of dumbledore and his thing with you know he still has his wand like hidden in his broom he feels a lot more rounded here than i like the movie really portrays haggard as just like this big benevolent like uh, like a guardian character for harry and like this feels a lot more like like this is an actual character with personality who like doesn't always make the best decisions i mean like he just like goes and gets a drink and like leaves an 11 year old alone in the in the wizard store like because yeah. he wants like he, he just like has <laughs> a little, little bit sick. more just yeah, needs a little pick me up 
Yeah, he just needs he just needs some booze. You know what makes me feel not sick is alcohol. Ugh. Yeah, right <laughs> after going on a roller coaster. Yeah. Ugh. Awful. Um, and when we're supposed to like him, right? Like I totally. like I do like him here. Um, but he he's just um, you know there are like these moments where it's like he. <laughs> He's using his magic that he's not supposed to use to propel the boat. And he tells an 11 year old, like, you're not going to tell anyone, are you? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah I, I, I like that about him uh, in these chapters. Also, while, sorry, while we're talking about uh, using magic to propel the boat, how did the Dursleys get off of the, the little island with the shack? Right? like they just take the boat and go and i don't think it says anything about them sending it back i i went back and read it um because you mentioned that to me and i was looking for like a throwaway line where he like he sends it back with magic or something but it's not in there no it's not so like you know what the dursleys do to harry does suck but also uh, a giant man did come into their house turn their son into like a half pig and then leave without giving them away off of an island so like i'd be kind of mad yeah they're not as mad as i would have thought <laughs> like diagonally is is it's cute it's so much exposition like like it, it's like lists of terms and uh characters and like I think it does the best it can for something that is just like basically a big info dump. Um, We do get to see Gringotts. It is not quite as bad as I remember. And I think this is like, like you were mentioning like movie memories. I guess the movie goblins are just way more like outrageously offensive at first blush than like the book ones. Cause really all it says is like, they have long noses and toes and fingers and uh, they're goblins. Like that's basically what I was the thing I was looking for was the long noses, and it actually doesn't say anything. It does not say that. It does, um, however, say that they are swarthy. Yeah. Which, not a huge fan of that description. Yeah. I... I question the kind... I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a world-building nerd. I am. I, I know. So I guess I'll I'll ask you what's the kind of what's the optics on creating a fantasy race to control banks yeah or really or really having any like job right like you are making a a fantasy race to have an occupation it's well it's it's tough right because like fantasy has been used to write about social issues for a long long time and like to sort of like make like i'm trying to think of like the best way to describe it like there is such a thin line between um fantasy that does a good job of using uh fantastical like you know races and 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 social problems and stuff to say something about real society versus Mm -hmm. fantasy fiction that just sort of uses all of the language and imagery of shit that sucks in real life but applies it to fantasy creatures instead of like people of color or, you know, queer people like, like the line is super thin between like, this is a, a good, clever spin on real world issues. And you are just uh, 
removing a real kind of person who exists and replacing them with a centaur you know what i mean like right. like it's yeah for sure and harry potter uh it from what i remember and like again always happy to be proven wrong but like i feel like maybe at one point it had to have crossed jk rowling's mind because i mean like goblins being a like really nasty negative representation of like jewish people is not new you know that's that's a thing that has existed for a long long time um and maybe that was going through her head and maybe it's on purpose that but the problem is that if if this is meant to be commentary on a real stereotype the problem here is that she still wrote a story where the goblins control the economy which like the 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 like the you know what i mean like the issue with the 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 anti anti anti-semitic like like jews run the banks thing uh the the solution to that as a as a like horrible thing that people believe is not to say well they do but they're just good at it like you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah like, that, that is their like video game racial trait in this story right like, yeah like, like, like writers... they're good at money they're you know and and this is you know i i can't say whether this was intentional in any way if i had to guess i'd say no and that doesn't excuse it no, by any like, i mean like the initial like concepting of it right like sure. you you are like exposed to all of these like kind of codified tropes and things and i can see that that could just end up in the story um like oh that's fun the goblins control the banks totally or work or work at the bank or whatever but um this is a a story that is continuing to be told and a set brief, in modern times right and this is a brief like i i looked over like the wiki and the the hole is deeper not it's not there's no like walking it back Ooh, yeah it's, um it's bad this, this doesn't get better as goblins continue to exist in harry potter um the yeah like we we i mean we will eventually get to the ministry of magic where there's like the fountain with all the like magical creatures looking up lovingly at humans and stuff and it's like there's all this stuff that feels like it could be commentary but it never actually does any commentate no it's just there to like add like texture and kind of yeah like fun (laughs) like we know there are goblin rebellions we know they exist because ron tells jokes about them in some books and like but that's not right. what the story's ever about or like those and like these the rebellions clearly didn't work and society is as it should be as it is uh and it, it yeah it's tough it's, it's tough and like i'm a big fantasy fan and i i recognize there's always some level of um issue there there's just always going to be issues when you are using uh fantasy characters to represent or talk about or gesture to um real world prejudice but it sure can be done a lot better than this which is to use a very old offensive stereotype and then not really say anything about it at all um yeah 
it's it's weird stuff and it'll be it to be fair it will be made worse i think by the by the movies like yeah i, I think i think if someone was looking to defend this they could take the passage that we read and be like this isn't bad right like this is this is this okay is- this is just cute like goblins always like goblins in fantasy always love gold like this is just like what if goblins loved gold but instead of living in caves like ran a bank you know like that's a on on paper without the baggage of the like parallels to real world conspiracy theories could be cute but you can't separate it from that baggage really no, I, I think that I think that overall, uh, the the goblins in Harry Potter, especially when it comes to expanding on their lore, is completely unacceptable. It's bad. It's bad. So, um, and I guess so, moving on from that. Moving on from very serious this talk. Is, this is the scene where Harry Potter gets rich, right? Yes. He <laughs> yeah, he goes in, and and I will say, as a small aside, um, as a kid, I used to have this like recurrent nightmare. And it would be that my parents would take me in the car and would be like driving to my grandparents' house. And then the road was a roller coaster. Um, and I hate roller coasters. So that was just like, you know, my nightmare. <laughs> so I have to say that a close second to my worst thing that could happen to me possible is going to the bank and having to ride a roller coaster to my <laughs> like Like rolled into one thing, like one yeah. experience. Yeah. Like, please, no. Does everyone have to ride this thing? Like yeah, you like, can't get your money, but you've got to ride the roller coaster. Like Hagrid keeps saying, "Oh, what will human? You know, what will Muggles come up with next?" So I'm like, "Yeah, like it's the '90s. They have fucking ATMs at least. Like, <laughs> like, do, like, do I need to go to London, get in a little minecart, and like go through the dungeon to get get fifty bucks to go to a concert or whatever? Like, just, just awful." so so harry becomes rich um all his problems are solved by magic which is what muggles would want if they found out that wizards existed outrageous outrageous can't have that um this there's a there's a thing that i will bring up when we get to our next chapter um but like harry suddenly becoming rich i've got to say just feels like such a weird cop out i guess because it never really comes up again other than the fact that like i guess he has enough money to get all his books and stuff each year but like he's rich he's rich rich right like the like the amount of money described is like mountains uh, mountains of like the the biggest currency coin the pile of gold yeah he he is a he is a rich kid and um the first thing he does is try and buy a solid gold cauldron (laughs) yeah yep i mean this is just this is such a just like got it like you know you're you're writing something and you don't want your main character to have to worry about money like that's it's just like check that box like (laughs) just like we're not just like jk rowling herself who on her website says the best thing about money is that you never have to worry about paying bills damn that is so true so true jk i never thought of it that way yeah, we'll, so we'll, I don't know. we'll get to that. We have quite a resource uh, for future for future podcasts here with uh, J.K. Rowling's old blog. Oh my God, yeah, we do. Um, but next, we'll go to 
uh, the robe shop because that's where we meet Draco Malfoy, a fan favorite. Oh yeah, a fan this is where character. this is war starts playing. They're looking at each other and like Harry's the victim, Draco's yeah. the pariah. Pariah, yeah. Um, he is a grade A dickhead here, oh, and I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> how specific a dickhead he was like this is that moment where you're out in public like in the line at the grocery store and someone just starts like talking to you about donald trump yeah (laughs) you know like like the guy like in front of you turns and is just like felt really good to to vote for donald trump right (laughs) and you're just like oh shit and you're just Um, like yeah no like oh mm." don't want to have a conversation (laughs) um because he just comes right out of the gate talking about blood purity just like no no like easing in like this is an 11 year old that's just like it's 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 time to find out who this stranger was by the way the the i I, just because of how harry is written and how most of the dialogue is written you know as they're like the focus characters i sometimes forget that they like harry and everyone around him is supposed to be like 11 years old so like remembering that draco is like an 11 year old just spouting this insane shit to him is like i think it's like a really good passage actually i think so too it it outlines a lot of uh stuff very quickly and like it is very expository dialogue but it sort of works because you can just sort of imagine the very snooty like drawl that draco has just saying this shit to a stranger like like yeah "Yeah, blood purity it's it's very good yeah and i really like kind of harry's like internal dialogue about it which is that he's really anxious because he doesn't know anything but he also knows that this is shitty yeah i'm i i love that harry knows this is wrong Like, Uh, like i'm glad that that harry has enough of like an internal uh like, like i mean the, the best line is is harry was strongly reminded of dudley like that's such a great <laughs> yes. perfect line for this that seems a little strong for dudley though i mean i do agree that's a great line because that's you know harry knows dudley as a you know a rude horrible person and this yeah, is I mean, like, a rude, horrible person but geez cut dudley some slack <laughs> yeah dudley isn't like like outright racist all the time i guess like yeah maybe we just we don't get to see that but yeah um so so just like to to be clear how horrible draco is this is just what he launches into i really don't think they should let the other sort in do you they're just not the same they've never been brought up to know our ways some of them have never even heard of hogwarts until they get the letter imagine i think they should keep it in the old wizarding families What's your surname anyway? <laughs> it's so like, good. Jesus. <laughs> like I like that just just someone sitting down and and talking about talking about race science, I guess, like Yeah. Um and and, and like part of this does make me wonder about just kind of and and again, I, I think this is still like a little bit fairy tale, so it might be a little much to like make too many assumptions about this, but this is like they're sitting in a shop like he's talking about blood purity presumably in front of like yeah madame malcolm doesn't really she's right there yeah she's just she's measuring them or whatever yeah i mean maybe she just gets this all the time 
you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that if that is the case, that this is just kind of normal talk, um, maybe that is, is some yeah. commentary about the, the political climate at the time. Yeah, it, well, except that, like, this is post-fall of Voldemort, and, like, I thought that nearly all the death... Like, the Malfoys are only still rich because, like, Lucius managed to convince everyone that he was, like... Bewitched? Bewitched, right? And, like, yeah. that... Like, I can sort of buy that, but I also feel like if you had just, like, pulled this excuse out of your ass, you wouldn't also be going around also still saying all the same insane shit that the Death Eaters stood for, like, yeah. publicly. Like, that that definitely does feel a little... Yeah, I guess there's a, there's a world where he talks like that at home, and kids are dumb, so they'll just go out into the world and talk like yeah. that. Yeah, totally. Um, So... Yeah, I, I don't know if that's, like, very deliberate or if it's just, like, an exposition sort of thing. Because because it's true that, like, when Voldemort falls, falls it seems like, um, you know, everyone is celebrating. It doesn't see... I mean, I think that's a, that's a big problem with kind of the political commentary here, which we'll talk about a lot, in that it's, like, these problems are a result of bad individuals, not systems. Totally, yeah. That That will be an increasingly common refrain i think here yes. um yeah but like as as again like as many flags as this raises for like future storytelling i still really like this is an introduction of draco's character yeah and he's I'm, just awful. awful and it makes me really happy that harry is, is immediately just like fuck that like like that's <laughs> that's good yes um and i and i liked his little line where he stood up for hagrid too absolutely it's like i think he's brilliant or something like that and, and I, I, this is another weird, I had such a strong, vivid picture of this scene ending with Hagrid knocking on the window and revealing that he had bought Harry an owl, but that's the movie. <laughs> yeah, but, but he for did some go reason, and get ice cream. He did go and get ice cream. It was like, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know why. I just, I, I had completely replaced the the end of this scene with the one from the movie um, yeah i think they really streamlined it for the movie for yeah. sure you kind of have to like this is just like they go to the bank they go to the store they go to another store they go to another store like it's very uh uh stop start here mm -hmm. yeah i mean so the rest of the chapter is just they go to the owl store hagrid buys pedwig which is great um and then they go to Flourish and Blots and buy some books. And then they go to the apothecary and there's a lot of gross stuff in there. But that's pretty much it for this one. Yeah. Um, he does get his wand, which is... Uh, oh, I yeah. forgot about the wand. It's very important when we talk very about important. wands. It um, is. Uh, so Ollivander tells Harry that uh, he, know, he, he sold Voldemort the wand that gave him his scar like it's no fucking big deal <laughs> oh um, and and murdered his parents don't forget about that he he's very like the, the note i have is that he is clearly a uh at least voldemort kept the trains running on time kind of guy because oh yeah because he keeps talking about how great voldemort like you know he was bad but he was great you know that he did line great. is so emphasized in the movie i can hear that actor saying that line like oh what is it like he did great things. <laughs> terrible. 
but great and he like leans forward that like yeah the the movie has some weird stuff in in this scene but like also when harry gets his wand he like knocks over all the other wands instead of just like shooting some sparks yeah he goes through a lot and they don't do anything but we um so do you want to tell us what harry's wand is Ah, yeah but let me find it real quick because i don't think that i put that in my notes um i can tell you that he has a phoenix tail feather core but i cannot see because because i mean i'm just saying this because the the important reveal that we're we're ramping up to is that uh we know what our wands are as well because yes. we took a very uh strenuous quiz on pottermore.com <laughs> very strenuous let me just find his wand um oh here is that line he who must not be named did great things terrible yes but great yeah he <laughs> He did keep the trains running on time. <laughs> Say what you will about Hitler. He could run an army. Okay, let's see. I don't know where it says what kind of wood it is. It says it's, oh, it's holly and phoenix feather, 11 That's inches, right. nice and supple. Ooh. Ooh. So, so we took, we took the quiz. Do you remember what the questions were? Because I don't. I yeah I I maybe should have gone back and seen what they were. I think it was basically just like a different personality test from the the schoolhouses one, you know. Yeah. Um uh and then doesn't it have you like wave your mouse around at some point? To, oh no, yeah, that's the I think there's a I think there's a wand wave in there. Yeah, you got to you got to do a little wave and then it figures it out for you. Yeah. So tell me about your wand. Well, my wand is laurel wood Ooh. phoenix feather core oh. 12 and a half inches in length and surprisingly swishy oh. uh so laurel i guess cannot perform a dishonorable act <laughs> thank god which great i'm i'm really glad um there's a lot of uh, restrictions on wands that i feel like don't come through in the books very much yeah do you get like yeah. excused from i guess i guess you wouldn't have to do anything dishonorable in class but yeah like, but sorry yeah. i can't do this one it seems too dishonorable yeah, i can't do any dark magic i can't do any of the uh i guess i guess uh if you were ever ever accused of doing one of the unforgivables you could say nope my wand's sorry, more. Can't. yeah just can't do it uh phoenix feather cores according to this are the rarest core type Ooh. um they are capable of a great range of magic uh that's nice <laughs> although they may take longer than either unicorn or dragon cores to reveal this uh i don't know what that means like whether you just have to keep on keep on doing spells until eventually a really good one comes out or uh uh, or maybe you just do spells real slow um and uh swishy wands uh mr olivander says wand flexibility or rigidity denotes the degree of adaptability and willingness to change what Willingness to change possessed by the wand and owner pair. I don't know what the fuck Ollivander's going on about, and he's probably going to start <laughs> telling me about how great Voldemort is, so I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, what's your wand? My wand is also laurel wood. It is 12 and a quarter inches in length with unyielding flexibility. Um, but my core is really disappointing in that it's unicorn hair. And I say disappointing because no one wants to get their wand, and then it says, let's see disadvantages of unicorn hair 
are that they do not make the most powerful ones. Oh. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know if that means my spells are going to be real puny. Yeah, that seems like a real, like, feels like if you, okay, so first of all, Ollivander has been making wands apparently since 382 BC. That's what? a long time. Wait, what? Yeah. Is it the Ollivander family or him? I mean, oh, pr- the family, I'm sure. Just as makers. Okay, because I was going to say, what is he? <laughs> no, he's, he's been in the back room since 382 <laughs> BC. Um, but, like, I feel like if you've been making wands for that long, you probably should have phased out of the ones that don't do very good magic, you know? Yeah, it's like, this one's not going to be very powerful. It does say that the wand wood might compensate. Yeah. but what, what about the flex because if it's really rigid maybe you could give someone a really good thwack with it i guess yeah that's true um let's see he has some notes here about the rigidity um and it denotes the degree of adaptability and willingness to change possessed by the wand and owner pair okay so he's also going to start telling you about mussolini and the trains so we should Terrible, we should move on we should, yeah, we, um, could, we should close the door on mr Ollivander while he starts rambling yeah so so that's my wand um i'm hoping i can get a new one with a more powerful core it also says that i can't do dark magic um or and i can't rather do, it's difficult and i can't do a dishonorable deed so we're shit out of luck if we want to do any dark magic we are not going to be up to no good, that's for sure. That's, yeah, we uh, we solemnly swear that we are up to good. Yeah, because we, we fucking can't, we can't do anything else. Do anything else. Um, speaking of trains. We're choo-choo, we're going on a train ride. We're going to Hogwarts. Um, the thing I forgot about this chapter is I forgot that they we do see the Dursleys again, because Harry has to go stay with them after his friend Hagrid um, turns <laughs> into a pig. Um, or gave him a pigtail. Uh, Which they do not get removed for a whole month. I, w- I think that the dialogue between Harry and Uncle Vernon is really funny when Harry asks to, for a, a ride to the train. It's great. And like he, the, the scene of like Vernon's just like watching a quiz show on TV and like mumbling to Harry is really great. Yeah, I, I never thought I'd say this, but I would I would absolutely read a book about the Dursleys. Totally. Like, as horrible as they are, uh, they are way more fun to read about than I remember. I don't know if you have read it. I don't... Did you read The Casual Vacancy? I didn't. I haven't read any of the non-Harry Potter stuff. That book is a little bit like reading a book about the Dursleys. Yeah. Like okay. it's very it's very big on on kind of that like commentary of that social class I would say. Huh. Okay. It's been That's a long time. Um, yeah. But I do wish it was just the Dursleys, like cause, yeah. because it's it's about it's about like um, people running for local office, and if it had been Vernon Dursley running for like oh, that councilmen, would be, so would be the best. That would be great. The problem though is that like. I'm much more interested in reading about the Dursleys from this perspective as opposed to now when J.K. Rowling is absolutely in that class of person, you know? Like, yeah, that's that, that makes the, it a little rough. Yeah, that's kind of the problem is that, like, it's harder to make fun of people for having, like, a five-bedroom house and a billion dollars if you also live in a mansion where a spider keeps you out of your writing room. You that know? is a different building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Um, 
but yeah so we're, we're going on a train ride uh the dursleys drop harry off and just leave him there laughing because they don't know that platform nine and three quarters really exists i love that passage like that is such a good send-off for the dursleys um, yeah it was really funny i had just such a um a clear picture of like this cartoon family driving off in their cartoon car and like their heads sticking out the window laughing as they like it's so fly evil. away with like a dust cloud behind them yeah it's so good um this scene is great uh it's one of the best scenes of like really relatable like kid anxiety where because like he can't find the platform so it's just sort of like well like you were like you were saying this yesterday like the well like i guess i'm just not gonna go to hogwarts like i'm stuck here forever yeah i guess i'm stuck here forever Um, this is such a like i i think another reminder was like oh harry's 11 because as an adult reading this it's very much you know a, a kid is lost at the train station like that's gonna work out dumbledore's gonna notice he's gonna like you know send someone for him or something yeah, there'll, there'll be an owl that notices or yeah. yeah but it is that kid feeling of being lost in the grocery store totally you're like oh they're like i can't solve this problem and i'm stuck i guess, um, and, guess and he die. gets very nervous and he says he's like trying not to panic and i think he says he he kind of realizes and he says he was stranded in the middle of a station with a trunk he could barely lift a pocket full of wizard money and a large owl yeah also the train conductor or the the train attendant that he talks to i don't know what that guy's problem is yeah that guy sucks to be fair i was just in uh, a british train station like a few weeks ago and they're pretty busy and those people are are it's a lost child he's 11 he has an (laughs) okay yeah fair (laughs) and he's asking about a like a like a platform that doesn't exist and the guy mutters about time wasters (laughs) these what fucking children coming in here wasting my time does he think it's like performance art i just don't understand yeah 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 harry yeah it's a it's some weird protest that harry is staging yeah but i do appreciate that this kind of goes along with the theme of muggle adults in harry's life are worthless yes, to him, totally. and they don't help him um and he immediately you know he hears someone say muggle and it's molly weasley who is wonderful and i love the introduction of the weasleys uh i love molly i love fred and george the scene where they're roasting uh percy for being a prefect (laughs) is fucking amazing uh um it's it's like this is a dumb descriptor but it just feels so wholesome like they are the complete opposite of the family that harry has been like stuck with for all his life yeah no, they they were great, and and all of the the sibling interactions were really believable and cute. And I thought that George and Fred dialogue was, um, just like funny and clever. It's, it's legitimately funny. Like I'd forgotten that they were actually very funny characters. The the uh, like oh, I thought you mentioned something about being a prefect once or twice a minute all <laughs> summer. Like like that that exchange is really great. Yeah. I, yeah, I really, I really liked all of that, and um, that that kind of the relief when Harry gets on the train and Fred and George help him get his trunk uh, on board. It's it's all really great, and I like they're those really introductions. Like, like they're funny, but like, but yeah, they help him on the train. They they like, they just seem like, I mean, they are, but like it just it, it is a great portrayal of like these are very nice, a very nice family, like helping Harry out, and it's it's very sweet. Yeah. 
Um, and, and I think that, I mean, this is, a, this is our introduction to Ron, who is a main character, and I like Ron a lot here. And I thought that their uh, dialogue together and kind of the scene that it painted of them being on the train was just paced really well um, and worked like way better for me than the movie scene, which is etched into my brain for some reason. I, the moment that Harry reveals his scar and Ron doesn't just say wicked and like, they actually talk to each other. Like, like, like there's that, there's a real great sense in the scene of like that initial awkwardness of meeting someone, you know, or uh-huh. a little nervous and like, you don't want to say too much and like, you just sort of like, it builds to like a, a, an actual conversation very nicely yeah um and, and ron does initially say too much and gets embarrassed and it's yeah like, very charming yeah it's very good and i will say i do question <laughs> i do like that harry's first response like reaction to ron revealing that he's poor is basically saying oh yeah i was poor until like you know a month ago or whatever. <laughs> uh, i know what it's like to be poor I was once poor. I used to be poor. I'm not anymore. I've got a pocket full of money. Uh, But, you know, I feel ya. Yeah, it does say that that cheered Ron up, although it did make me laugh. Um, But again, I'm like, yes, these are two 11-year-olds. Totally. I'm not saying it's bad writing. Like, it's a a great thing that happens. It's just really funny that, like, that's his go-to is like, oh, yeah, I used to be poor. (laughs) Uh, And then, and then they're like, the the snack cart comes by and he buys all the candy um any first appearance of of fan favorite character the trolley witch can you tell me anything about the trolley witch well i can (laughs) (laughs) i can tell you that the trolley witch is a very nice old lady who travels up and down the the uh the aisles of the hogwarts express selling candy and also uh pumpkin pasties are grenades that she can throw if any children try to get off the train and her arms turn into spikes huh that's just some cursed child content for you that's really fascinating i cannot wait to get to cursed we have so long to go but holy shit cursed child everything i've seen from it uh is incredible and it is like the poster child for like what went wrong with this series where everything where jk rowling has to convince you that everything she ever wrote was a clue you know uh Ah, so the the pumpkin pasty clue yeah the pumpkin pasty clue that actually the uh, the woman who sells harry candy on the train is like an all-powerful security system who like walks around like dr octopus on spike arms it's really good that is really something i mean we do get the scabbers stuff here did, did anything stick out to you with scabbers here uh, uh only that this only that it's not about scabbers but the spell that ron tries to cast on scabbers is so cute and i find the idea that fred and george made up this like extremely stupid spell <laughs> tricked ron into thinking it was real is is adorable it's very good um scabbers uh I, I guess I, I'm look. I'm gonna look for more explicit stuff about the, you know, whether turning into an animal makes your brain more animalistic. Because uh, having him be a human man is very weird. He's a human man who like sleeps in the Hogwarts common room for four years before. Uh, yeah, 
So, so if being a rat for like 13 years or whatever it's supposed to be makes you think more rat-like, then I think that's fine. Like there's, there's one part here that I could see as either being an intentional clue or just like a a convenient, and to be clear, I'm not saying that like, it's bad to make up twists on the go. Um, but no but we are working from the position that jk rowling said that she's planned all this stuff out from the beginning the one thing i could see here is is uh scabbers biting crab uh yeah like he understood what was happening like he understood what's happening and he wanted to make sure that harry got to hogwarts unscathed um that's like the closest i can think but also that do you remember if in this chapter um ron says where he got scabbers like he uh, was one of his brother's old rats because i think yeah he just says like he's another hand-me-down or 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 no it's because harry, harry talks about having an owl and ron's just like oh i got a rat i think i've got is, a is dumb the, old rat um yeah, I, because i think the most convincing evidence that scabbers was always peter pettigrew is actually the rats only live for a couple years which is uh, true yeah okay. um and it's yeah. like if this rat has it was a hand-me-down from my older brother and the rat's been alive for in our family for six years like that's too old for a rat yeah um but yeah. i don't know if that if that's something that comes up in the in the third book or not i do really like scabbers here i like scabbers I like that he's just a big fat rat that falls asleep all the time like yeah like uh, aside from him also being peter pettigrew like like not thinking about that i just like the idea of ron having this like fat rat that that's always sleepy like that's very charming Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think so and we also finally get to meet someone else here uh we get hermione for the first time here right yeah we we do she like pops in and out throughout the chapter um and again at some point i'm going to stop talking about the movies but i i feel like you know when you are removed and you're 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 watching a movie you're watching like it's much more like you know it's hard to think a child is annoying yeah um when you're seeing them on screen like as a character as a person i guess like I, I I immediately just get like, okay, yeah, they're kids being kids. It, with with the book, like, you know, we both kept saying that we can't kind of keep forgetting that Harry is supposed to be 11 in these. Hermione is so annoying. Like She's awful. Just absolutely awful in this first meeting with her. And I guess we're, we are seeing her through Harry's eyes, so it's a lot easier to think like, oh, this person who is my peer is so irritating. Yes. She is absolutely... Um, you know, I don't want to say bossy. She's a she's a know it all. Like she she, she is. Comes, she's a know it all. She comes in and she like rattles off all of the smart things she knows, uh, and then like like sort of like challenges them on it. Like she like she kind of does like a like like this weird gatekeeper act. I guess you know it's kind of the yeah. vibe I got. Like someone asking you like like. Like if this was another book and it was some character like saying like oh you really like you know the Beatles name five of their albums or whatever like that's really the vibe that she gives in this in this segment. Yeah, definitely, and I think that with like our perspective, we know that's because she's Muggleborn, so she's compensating for not knowing anything. Totally. Um, but from from Harry and Ron's perspective, it's awful, and she's very um, like judgy, 
and she comes back later and is like oh you don't have your robes on what are you doing yeah yeah like she i i i it's it's always hard to talk about talk about stuff this way because when i'm saying that she's like annoying and bad like i mean in a good way like she is well written as an annoying and irritating character you know oh yeah Um, but i i i i had completely i was ready for this stuff to be like all harry and ron's fault like them just being mean to this new girl um but that's like like she is very very standoffish and i totally understand why they do not like her at first yeah i agree in that moment where ron says you know i i don't know what house i'm going to be in but i hope she's not in it with us or some it's like you're totally on board like yeah absolutely that, that makes sense yeah. Um, so, so Hermione is great, and I'm looking forward to kind of her arc and how she becomes friends with them. Yeah. Uh, we also have another run-in with Draco, who's awful, awful again. Still um, shitty, and wants to make sure that Harry's like part of his weird racism club. Yeah, he's and and Harry has that that like iconic line that everyone always remembers I think from the movie where he says you know I think I can tell who the right sort are for myself or something to that yeah also I would like to I would I I'm putting on my my annoying literary analysis hat here I do really (laughs) like that I do really like that this scene happens right after uh Harry and Ron are looking through uh trading cards of famous wizards and uh, uh draco is walking in definitely trying to like add harry to his like collection of important friends oh i didn't notice that That's like, like i just thought that like, was, like it's a very cute parallel like like yeah they're, they're discussing all these famous wizards and then draco comes in and is like i want to be friends with this famous wizard like uh, it's uh I, I don't know if that's intentional, but I just picked up on that. I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. Like, Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, he, he went about it a terrible way, but uh, yes. but yeah, that was really good. The, um, uh, I guess I don't have that much else to say about, about this chapter because we're, we're at Hogwarts now or will be for our next readings. Um, I will bring up, so when Harry bought all that candy, he got those Birdie Bots Every Flavor Beans did you ever have those as a kid? Like, I sure did. What Absolutely. Was the, what was the worst one you ever got? I f- Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like, I mean, obviously they were much more tame than in the books. Yeah. I, fe- I, I distinctly remember the grass one. Like it, oh, it God. Yeah. Like grass. There's the grass one. And then there was like the gasoline one. That was the one that like maybe Ooh. never won. I, I don't know if it was specifically gasoline. And I, I think it was more just like it was very strong licorice but it was labeled gasoline and like oh. i never ever wanted to have one again Th- that was like those were everywhere that was like the the merch thing that i just saw all the time there was also horseradish I oh think. god that's right yeah and i think there was like a garlic one like yeah it, it was bad it was yeah, yeah. now now we have the bean boozle challenge the bean boozle challenge you don't know about the bean boozle challenge i don't know about what's the bean boozle challenge well uh birdie bots every flavor beans were rebranded by i think jelly belly although don't quote me on that um and they sell them 
now you can go to the grocery store and get them and they're called bean boozled and they marketed them like crazy to like twitch streamers oh wow so like like doing the like uh the like chip challenge thing or like the ghost pepper stuff but with yeah so they would sponsor streamers to do you know like a League of Legends streamer might do like, okay, we're doing the Bean Boozle challenge for every loss. Oh my, oh my god! I did not. I did not know this. And they they kicked up like how gross the gross flavors are. Oh no! Because they were already really gross. Yeah, I think that they're gross on the level of like dirty diaper. Oh no! And I'm not sure how they're bottling those kind of flavors, but it's like it's foul yeah it's i not not into that um but yeah i uh i thought this chapter like the the um diagon alley chapter is so uh exposition heavy and this is so character driven i really appreciated it after reading all that like world building stuff yeah, we get the kind of revolving door of, of characters that come through the um, the train car, especially the uh, the treat cart lady. Yes, the treat cart lady character. and her powerful claw arms. Yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised she didn't show up when there was going to be a fight between Draco and yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah, J.K. Uh, where was where was the the trolley lady then? could have really used one of those pumpkin grenades uh, before that <laughs> broke out. Crab got a nasty rat bite. I don't know if you've ever been bitten by a rat, but ouch. Yeah, the yeah. I mean, hopefully Scabbers had all his shots, I guess. Hopefully Crab went and got a um I guess they wouldn't have a tetanus shot, a tetanus um charm. Tetanus charm. Uh the tennis charm from Madame Pomfrey. Pour some, pour some Skelligro on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pe- pepper potion. So that's, uh, so I guess that's it. Yep, those are our chapters. Um, should we go into a quick break? Yeah, let's take a quick break, and then we will come back with uh, a Bean Boozle challenge for you. Woohoo, sounds good. See you soon. <laughs> So last week, uh, I read you the Harry Potter news. Um, now there's a couple things like there's the uh, uh, in Spain uh, there was a police raid on a store that was selling counterfeit Harry Potter merchandise, which is oh insane to me on so many levels. That one her- counterfeit Harry Potter merch is a thing, and then two, the the police care enough to raid it. Um, yeah, you got to get the legit stuff from Hot Topic um we're not going to do the news we are going to do a uh a different uh game this week i guess a game is the best way to put this a game um so where we are big fans of 
uh, Harry Potter content with a capital C. Uh, there are so many Twitter accounts and other you know places elsewhere that just seem to like churn through the same like i'm assuming they're all stealing it from tumblr right or or something like that i i do not know where this this well of content exists some someone somewhere or you know people somewhere are making all this awful harry potter like relatable content post stuff and then all all these accounts are um are like reposting it and like stealing it from each other and slightly tweaking them it's amazing uh there there are i would say there are like five of like the main accounts that are doing this so many Uh, followers they all have tons of followers but one of them has the most so i'll start so uh, before we start um i'm gonna just kind of give a quick rundown of what all these accounts are so the first one is professor snape uh Professor Snape has 1.5 million followers. That's a lot. That's more than all of these other accounts combined. So he's kind of like the top dog of these accounts. Um, but now he just this, posed. Would you say this is a role play account? It's yeah, kind of. It's like sort of an RP account because it like it loves to uh, like post in the first person perspective as if like like when the Oscars were going on, it was like he was snape watching the oscars but he'll also post like these like relatable content posts that's Um, so fun it's really fun he has a 1.5 million followers he also has a uh ad deal with the history channel um and he will occasionally post uh sponsored uh uh jokes uh advertising shows on there so that's good there's also Hogwarts Magic, which was really the first one of these we found. This I think. is still near and dear to my heart as my favorite Harry Potter novelty account. Yeah, so it's Hogwarts Magic. Uh, it's actually spelled M-A-G-L-C because someone else got the handle Hogwarts <laughs> Magic. <laughs> um, uh, it has this horrible picture of Rupert Grint as the as its profile picture. <laughs> um, and it mostly just posts the like typical um like stolen from tumblr content but it also retweets a load of like cryptocurrency like posts i can i just say that i think stolen from tumblr is is being a little like i I don't know i i'm gonna go generous i think i'm gonna go with stolen from facebook okay yeah yeah I mean, like the one day we'll need to do like a special episode deep dive into like where the original versions of some of these came from, you know, because I'm sure that's a fascinating story uh, because I don't think any of these accounts have ever like told an original joke or posted a picture they made. Like these are all uh, like just content farms, basically. But Hogwarts Magic uh, loves to post like, you know, all these these like sappy images from the movies and, and quotes uh and misquotes, also misquotes uh and and just r- really into crypto uh they they love to retweet offers to get free bitcoin and ethereum uh and crypto memes so hogwarts magic is is very a very good account i think mm-hmm. um 
then there's Harry Potter facts and stuff, uh, <laughs> which they seem to have most of the video posts and the like movie related content. I feel like, and th- and they're posting a lot. They post a lot of the like on this day in history. Uh, Harry Potter did this, or like the day in history, J.K. Rowling did this. Like they they sometimes stick to like the facts and stuff thing, but then they will also sometimes post all the weird crap that the other ones do. It's really but, too bad they got to that name before we did Harry Potter facts, Potter and, facts stuff. and stuff. That would Welcome be to great. Harry Potter facts and stuff. <laughs> um, they also uh seem to be the sort like Hogwarts Magic and these other accounts will often like take videos from harry potter facts and stuff and put new captions on them like quote tweet them. <laughs> so so harry potter facts and stuff might be like i don't know maybe the ringleader or like the the original i'm not 100 percent sure um then there's the uh there's the, this one which is kind of an outlier because it doesn't i don't feel like this one really has its own identity uh which mm-hmm. is hogwarts logic um hogwarts logic uh kind of posts the same stuff as all these other accounts except they will go for like weeks without posting anything and then they'll like retweet uh like an instagram model or something um so they're yeah they're kind of an outlier i mostly picked them here because i feel like they're a good one to like a good wild card yeah um the the last one which uh may or may not appear in this in this quiz uh because they are currently suspended oh no i don't know why but there is an account or i hope it's still an account called it's harry potter which uh (laughs) (laughs) which would um uh it again goes through all the same content but would also retweet tons and tons of lingerie ads uh oh no so that was yeah harry was getting a little feisty on main and maybe that's why he got banned um but yeah it's harry potter really really liked uh uh retweeting offers to win like victoria's secret gift cards and stuff so what we're gonna do is i'm gonna read you some tweets uh and you are going to have to guess which account i pulled it from um and we can keep a running tally if we play this again i think this will be fun uh but uh you're gonna have to use your your best uh skills of deduction here to figure out which account is making posting this awful garbage okay perfect can you please list the accounts for me one more time okay so your options are professor snape Mm-hmm. Hogwarts Magic, mm-hmm. Harry Potter facts and stuff. <laughs> okay. Hogwarts Logic. Okay. And it's Harry Potter. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. Yeah. But yeah, I'm ready. I think, I think. I think. As the more we play this, the more savvy uh, you'll you'll become. But this this might be tough. But we're going to start off here. Uh, so this account said Harry Potter Marathon hashtag three word flirting. Hashtag three word flirt. So this one plays those those Twitter hashtag games. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. They're they're plugged in. 
if you think it will help feel free to ask what the retweets and likes and replies look like uh like numbers wise hmm read me the tweet one more time harry potter marathon hashtag three word flirting Yeah, so there are there a lot of replies on that one. A lot of 92. favorites. There's 92 replies on that one. Uh, 9.4 thousand favorites. I'm going to go with my old standby. Mm-hmm. I think it's Hogwarts magic. I'm sorry, it's Professor <laughs> Snape. What? <laughs> it's Professor Snape on 29th of November. Harry Potter Marathon, hashtag three-word flirting, uh, 3.3 thousand retweets, 9.4 thousand faves, and 92 replies for that I, one. I feel like that really is is breaking character. Uh, yeah, you yeah, you just see, you imagine, uh, see, yeah, because like, you know, mostly it's a roleplay account, except he also talks about like watching the movies, so it's kind of a mix <laughs> of, like, like, kind of weird. Yeah, that one's a tough one, because I would say that the thing about Snape's character that I know the most is that he hates Harry Potter. <laughs> but he wants to, maybe he means he wants Harry Potter to run in a marathon until he collapses. Yeah, it's probably that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well I, well, I struck out on the first one, but I'm just warming up. So how about you hit me with another one? Okay, next we have, uh, this is actually four pictures in a post. Well, And I say pictures, um... What I mean by pictures is that it is uh, four JPEGs of words. Um, JPEGs of words. Okay. The first one is the. Uh-huh. The second one is boy. The third one is who. <laughs> and the fourth one is lived. Are these words that are on pictures like like are there pictures of um, characters? there are very so, so the first one has like a little they're like little icons of like a lightning bolt and then the second one has glasses and the third one has a snitch and then the last one is a deathly hallows but yeah it's just four pictures with these big words the boy who lived well it's definitely also, not oh i'm sorry Professor i'm sorry uh-huh. i'm sorry the um th- this is accompanied with some text in the tweet as well as the pictures would you like to know what the text in the tweet is please uh, it's the boy who lived oh <laughs> i couldn't have guessed that <laughs> the boy hmm this is a tough one and i think that i'm going to go with my gut and say it's harry potter facts and stuff only because this does seem like a harry potter fact to me it's hogwarts magic damn it (laughs) i'm sorry hogwarts maglick Uh, to be fair this is hogwarts magic i agree this is this is hogwarts magic okay are you ready i'm not doing very well i mean this is our first time playing it you'll i'm sure you will pick up on the the finer points of all these accounts yeah (laughs) um are are you ready for your third one i'm ready it all began today. J.K. Rowling was born. Harry Potter was born. Harry first knew he was a wizard. This is where it all began. Space. 31st July. And then it's a bunch of fucking pictures of J.K. Rowling holding the first copy of Harry Potter. Uh, and also a picture of Daniel Radcliffe wearing <laughs> a, like, 
cool suit. I thought you were going to say pictures of J.K. Rowling holding baby Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, if only. <laughs> okay, let me get this straight. Yeah. Harry's birthday is on the 31st of July. Mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling released the first book. Uh, is this all for the same day? I'm very confused about the wording of this post. This post was this post was made on 31st July. Which was was the book released on the 31st of July? That I I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Because I feel like this post is telling me three things. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter's birthday. Yeah. J.K. Rowling's maybe birthday, which mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think I don't think that she would make Harry's birthday the same as hers, though. Um, and also the release of the first book. Yeah, that's what it's definitely implying, and I don't know if any of those things it's, are true. It seems to be implying it, and I really doubt that it's true. Um, and although, hmm, because this. This is a tough one. I know Professor Snape would not make this post. Um, I am feeling the pull of the wild card a little bit. Um, Mm. But I just, again, I really think this is Harry Potter facts and stuff. Because they do all of those posts where it's like, today is the day that, you know, Harry received his wand. So I'm going to go with that. That's my final answer. You are correct. That yes. is Harry Potter. That is Harry Potter facts and stuff, laying down some knowledge. I knew because there's one fact in there, and the rest is just some stuff. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we're gonna move on to our fourth one here. Um. Okay. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, Thank you. So we, we are we are moving on to the fourth one. Uh, th- I'm gonna have to describe this one differently because it, it was actually a video post it's a, it's a six second long video so they might have stolen it from someone's vine or something sure. um so the tweet just says iconic in all caps <laughs> oh good but the video is the scene from the movie where grop uh gives professor umbridge to like the centaurs or whatever and they drag her off oh yeah um, but then when she gets dragged off it cuts to uh the i am not a rapper meme where everyone's screaming oh um and that's the video that sounds hilarious yeah it's really good that's very funny that's brilliant yeah, i like that a lot yeah did you retweet that one <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I can retweet that on the official shrieking shack account if you like please do because i i'm really enjoying that um how many retweets does it have uh it has six thousand six thousand <laughs> yes six point wow. eight thousand. yeah i mean i'm not surprised it's a great tweet yeah um huh i feel like this one is just like a little wild and crazy it's a, little, um, it's a little nuts it's a little wild and crazy and um the the other account that's a little wild and crazy is the one that got banned <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh you mean you, you're talking about it's harry potter right I am, yeah i'm definitely talking about it's harry potter um so i think that's gonna be my answer because i think this is wild and crazy just like harry <laughs> um 
I'm sorry. It's actually also Harry Potter facts and stuff. Huh. <laughs> so I don't know what. It's a little off brand for them. This is just the and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. True. This it, it does say in their name that it's Harry Potter facts and stuff. So I did give you one that was facts, and this one is stuff. Yeah, just some stuff. Uh, it's a very good tweet, though. All right. So you're one for four at the oh, moment. Um, yikes. So maybe maybe you can uh, can pull out this last one. Uh, uh, this tweet from February fourth. I don't care about the hashtag Super Bowl because the last time I cared about a big sporting event, Voldemort returned and Cedric Diggory died. Huh. Really relatable stuff. That is very relatable. Um, I, wow, that's a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. That is true. I, I... I guess all the, the the sporting events in Harry Potter are very um, bad stuff happens. Yeah, Dementors like the, show up. Dog, um, the evil dog. Uh, the, the dark mark appears in the sky after yeah, Bulgaria. after like a racist rally. Um, yeah. So yeah, I can see why you'd be a little a little shy to to great sporting events like the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't, I, I want to say Snape because that seems, it's very first person, you know, it's like, he just doesn't want another sporting event because the last one he had to yeah. know, go join Voldemort again. Right. Um, but I, but I think I might be off track with that. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's tough, right? Because, because uh, you don't really know who is speaking or like if anyone is speaking like it's yeah. in first person but like who is this like because is it me like am i relating to this because i was like damn last time i read about a sporting event my favorite sports novel um harry potter and the goblet of fire um which is certain, you know because it's all a sporting event and it's it's like you know that was terrible yeah there's two, there's so two sporting events that go wrong in that book yeah yeah i just can't relate that it triwizard tournament yeah it's like what could happen at this the super bowl um and i think that uh, but how there have been a lot that have been hogwarts magic huh i just really i'm going wild card you're gonna, you're saying hogwarts logic yep you are correct that is yes! Hogwarts logic. Yes, yes you did it that is that is hogwarts logic on february 4th uh 2000 retweets on that one Oh, so it is relatable. I mean, that is just that is just some Hogwarts logic because the sporting <laughs> events really go wrong often. <laughs> All right, okay. So first first time trying, you got two for five. I, I, you know what? I'm gonna say that's not bad. That's not bad. And that's the last bad. one was worth double points. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, so you're uh, three for five. Wait, yeah, three for five. Technically, that's perfect technically true yeah incredible great well i think this was um a successful first um guess guess the post game i think this was great and and uh i'm looking forward to next week's game which we won't talk about here except in ominous whispers but mm. it's going to be good it is an ominous game and i am looking forward to it and i'm looking forward to our reading next week me too is there anything else you want to say about this week's stuff 
I don't think so. I, I think that I think we're really going to get into it next week. Yes, we're, we're going to be at Hogwarts. We're going to meet Professor Snape. Uh, we're going to reveal our houses. Oh, um, yes, that's probably the thing I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, so everybody look forward to that. Um, uh, J.K. Rowling has not answered my emails about guesting on the show, but you never know. Yeah, I suppose in the meantime, please read another book. Please read another book. <laughs>